Hello, 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 and welcome to the third Fantasy Football Forecast episode. Today's date is March 27th, and your hosts today are Owen, Jason, and Patrick. Today we are going to be going over the new and impactful free agent signings and a huge draft pick trades. We'll move into our early rankings and analysis for running backs, and then at the end of the episode there's going to be another game. Let the record stand that Patrick is beating Jason 2-0, and Jason... You need to pick up the pace. All, the, all right, all right, all right. Uh, let, let no, the we record. should talk about this. How do you okay. feel, Jason? How do you Jason, feel, how, okay, how do you feel? winless currently? How do you feel? I feel the questions have uh, <laughs> not been accurate and that each question seems to have a bit of a flaw in the fact that the right answer is not always there. Well, one, you... one man's opinion. All right. just going to brush past Okay, that's cool. All right, cool. Patrick, can you uh, we'll take over the uh, we'll NFL later. news? Uh, We'll get back to you, Jason. I'll talk about the weekly news we have. Jason, we can get into your gripes with our testing at the end once we have our our quiz later on. Because it will probably be screwed over again, let's be honest. No offense to Owen, but he's made some mistakes. We forgive him. We forgive his mistakes. Some more than others because, you know, it helps you. (laughs) I am more forgiving because I have benefited, but... I'm, I wouldn't be salty if you did your job. Jason, um, Patrick's trying to talk to me now. So. I apologize, Patrick. That's You're right. That's right. I, mean, I shouldn't, I shouldn't take my fun. anger out on yeah. you for Owen's mistakes. That is true. It's Owen's mistakes. But uh, we have some uh, some more free agent signings this week. Another big week of free agent signings. Uh, I'm going to name the first. We have four players signing with new teams. We have Kenny Galladay moving on to the Giants, as we mentioned last episode. Mike Davis signing with the Falcons. Tevin Coleman signing with the Jets. And Sandy Watkins signing with the Ravens. Yeah, I know. Definitely an interesting uh, group of free agents here. Kenny Galladay, as we stated last time, what did end up with the Giants. You know, it was expected. We already said, we already did a pretty good dive on Kenny Galladay, but we'll just repeat, you know, he his potential is realistically a high-end wide receiver too, just because Daniel Jones, not a good enough quarterback. He hasn't really had excuses. People keep making excuses. It's his last year to really show any potential at all. But I don't see Kenny Galladay having the biggest upside higher than wide receiver, too. And uh, Sammy Watkins, you know, he went from the wide receiver, two with a good wide receiver, one and tight end in Kansas City to the wide receiver, two with a bad wide receiver, one and a pretty good tight end in Baltimore. So he should have a higher target share there. But like at the same time, not the same passing offense. Will it be as good? Now, how do you feel about one-week Watkins, as we like to call him around mm. here, transitioning to a new offense? Do you think he's going to be productive for maybe two weeks? Can we see Ooh. three weeks a out fool. of him? We, maybe a four or five? How are we, how we viewing his productivity here? You're getting a little bit ahead of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anything's the sky's the limit with Watkins. The sky's the limit for, for, for like for, one week, you know, though. Yeah. I mean, he, the he sky, could be getting triple dead. You might even put up 100 in one yeah. week in fantasy. The sky is the limit for Watkins. It's just, you know, it's not going to happen for the whole season. <laughs> so that's it. that is the downside. But um, but if you get him on that week, though, oh, you're good. if you get him on the good week, I so mean, you, you're chilling. Basically, you make a plan. If you if he, if he doesn't have that week all the way till week 16 and you're in the finals, oh, pick him up. Take that 50-50 chance. You know it's take coming. Take the 50-50 chance. It's got to happen eventually. But uh, Watkins, you know, I already said he should get an increased target share, but I don't know if it's going to be as productive. He might make a few scenes for a possible flex receiver just because of the workload increase. The Ravens don't exactly have any receiving backs, and, you know, Mark Andrews, clear number one on the team. He's competing with Marquise Brown, which Brown hasn't really broken out. Watkins hasn't been good either, though, so he might be able to... You know, compete one on one with Brown, and 
if he does, you know, get a good chemistry with Lamar, you could use him a few weeks in this season. So it could be good for him in a new scene. All right. Now we have uh, we have four players that also re-signed with their teams this week. We have James White returning to the Patriots, T.Y. Hilton returning to the Colts, Demarcus Robinson returning to the Chiefs. The Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> Probably should have knew that one, but that's okay. And Leonard Fournette returning to the Bucks. Yeah, you know James White. I mean, receiving back. That's that's what he got going for him. He's never fumbled in his career. That's, you know, impressive, but not really useful in fantasy. Just a fun fact. Well, you don't get any negative points. Yeah, that's true. But Unless, you know, he might he might fumble. But no, he hasn't yet, so just assuming yeah. he never will. That's a plan. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, that's all he's got going for him. And now there's an actual offense in New England, so does not look promising for White. Didn't really have fantasy relevance last year. Probably won't have this year. A nice honorable mention, though. Uh, T.Y. Hilton staying with Indianapolis, you know. We didn't really know where he was going to end up. He got offers from Baltimore and then said he'd go back to Indy on a better deal, of course. But T.Y., I mean, maybe he makes a connection with Carson Wentz, but ever since Andrew Luck retired, T.Y. Hilton has not been relevant in the slightest. And you really can't rely on him unless you see training camp. So until then... You, you got to fade T.Y. until the very later rounds. Demarcus Robinson, you know, going back with the Chiefs, it's going to be a good thing for him, being, you know, he's now competing with Michael Hardman for the number two spot. The biggest concern, of course, is neither of them could beat out Sammy Watkins, and since Watkins wasn't productive and they both lost to him, you can't really expect either of them to be productive, but one of them has to be the wide receiver too, meaning if Robinson wins... He has the upside and the target share to produce. Like, Clyde is arguably the number three option in the passing game just because he has a solid receiving back. But at the end of the day, Robinson, if beating out Hardman, is in a situation to succeed perfectly. Of course, you know, he couldn't beat out Watkins, and Watkins didn't succeed, so nothing guaranteed there. And lastly, Leonard Fournette, back with the Buccaneers. Uh, probably going to have a similar season last year. You know, playoff Lenny had his moments in the postseason, showed up, uh, made plays, definitely shined over Ronald Jones. So you could say he might be taking the lead over Jones, but once again, you don't know until training camp. Jones is probably the better back from most of last season, but clearly the Bucks like Fournette better as they use him more and give him more opportunities, even though he's not as successful. Yeah, he definitely divides up the carries in the Buccaneers' backfield, which is just just a negative for Ronald Jones. I mean, yeah. for fa- fantasy relevant, I don't, I don't know how much Leonard Fournette has. I, I had him last season. I was riding the hype train. Didn't work out for me. I think we, we all know that. Yeah. Leonard Fournette didn't work out. I, it's definitely a negative for Ronald Jones. I mean, if, if Leonard Fournette somehow didn't sign there, Ronald Jones would have had – his carries would have gone way up. I mean, he has – his competition is basically diminished once Fournette leaves. Yeah. And another thing is, like, Fournette, I mean, he's an interesting back due to the fact that, you know, he was a free agent last year, joined pretty late. He didn't know the system as well, didn't have as good of chemistry. And seeing as I'm not a big fan of Ronald Jones, like, ever, I've never really liked him personally. He's always been a bit overrated, in my opinion. But I feel like Leonard Fournette, as the season progressed, did improve. Of course, it wasn't tremendously, but as the season went on, he got better. 
And although it most likely will be a running back by committee, I wouldn't be surprised if Fournette did end up being the lead back next season at some point. That makes me feel really dumb taking him this year, not next year, but that's okay. I uh, that's... Just draft him again. He's probably going to have a low <laughs> ADP this year. That is true. He might be a little late-round steal of Leonard yeah. Fournette, even though I feel like he is like a big name. I feel like so, you know, he's, he's he has a yeah, popular but... name, which means people are probably going to draft him higher than usual. He was drafted, what, like 13th in our league? But, and again, he was a free agent, so we'll, yeah. s- we'll see what happens that with Fournette. True. All right. Last uh, weekly news we have today is actually recently, I mean – just today when we're filming, but I guess it'll be yesterday when you're hearing this on Saturday. Uh, big trade between Dolphins trading with 49ers and Eagles, swapping around their draft picks so the Dolphins are changing up. So the, I'll start off with the Dolphins. Essentially, we're only going to talk about this year's picks because for next year's fantasy, you don't really care about you know the Dolphins' second-round pick from like two years from now. But the Dolphins essentially go from the third pick to the sixth pick in uh, this year's draft. And our thoughts currently is that they're probably going to be picking whatever the top wide receiver available is to us. And uh, Jason, how do you think that affects their fantasy value? I mean, first of all, this trade for the Dolphins is a complete steal. I absolutely um, hate it because I don't like the Dolphins personally myself. <laughs> so I do Confirmed not... Dolphins hater, Jason. I, I, they're not my least favorite team, but they're not up there. They're definitely, you know, bottom, bottom, uh, you know, half. So I'm not too happy about them getting such a steal of a trade across the board, but... They have the best wide receiver in their hands. I mean, who, like he, with trading with the 49ers, 49ers going up to three. Spoiler alert, they're drafting a quarterback. Sorry. That, that is crazy. Yeah. I did not see that coming. That, yeah. I mean... Sorry, Jimmy G, but he's, he's out. <laughs> he's gone. So 49ers are taking a quarterback. Obviously, you have the Jets and Jaguars also taking quarterbacks. And that leaves the Falcons and the Bengals, who don't need receivers, the Dolphins have whatever receiver they want, either Jamar Chase or uh, Devonta Smith. I think they're taking Chase because he's younger and had similar numbers as Smith, but doing it at a younger age, especially in college, is way more impactful and way more of a predictive value of how good you will be in the NFL. The sooner you break out in college, the better you are for receivers, at least. Yeah, I mean, I'll relate the Dolphin situation. Obviously... I think we can all agree they wanted the wide receiver. So them yeah. tra- their third round, their number three overall pick, I mean, they you got to take a quarterback with that top third pick. So that was a very smart move, trading down to six, because they know the teams above them are going after the QBs. They're not going after the wide receivers. I relate this personally to when the Celtics, they had the number one pick in the draft where it had Marco Fultz and Jason Tatum, but they knew Tatum was their guy. They trade down to, I believe it's three. Uh, with the 76ers. 76ers trade up for one because everyone wants number one overall pick. They end up picking Marco Fultz. Kind of a bust. His, his free, I think everyone's seen the videos of his free throw shooting. It was bad. He, he had a messed up hand. I think I think they messed him up in training camp, but that's okay. But the Dolphins, similar to Celtics back then, Celtics knew they wanted Tatum, so they could afford to trade down because I knew Tatum was that second, third best prospect in the draft. They don't need the number one. You don't need the number one pick to take the third best prospect, you know? So the Dolphins in a similar situation here, trading down from three because they know top three are basically everyone's eyeing QBs. They know they can go down to six, get some future trade value, and they're still going to get their top wide receiver at the sixth round, the sixth, uh, number six overall pick. I think it's a yeah. genius move. Basketball analogies, I like. Yeah, it, I mean, I'm bringing in the basketball, which is what I know a little bit better than football. But I mean, I think yeah. that's ba- they just—it's a finesse. I oh, think it's 100%. a certified finesse. Yeah, no. It's absolutely devastating. They complete—I mean, it's a win for every <laughs> team here because the 49ers need a quarterback, and they're in a win-now situation. They could get to the Super Bowl with a mm-hmm. healthy roster. 
So they definitely, doesn't matter, they gave up multiple first-round picks. And the Eagles, they're rebuilding. So moving back, getting more picks, they're still most likely going to draft a wide receiver. I don't know if the either Smith or Chase, whichever doesn't get drafted by the Dolphins, I don't know if they would fall all the way to 12. But if they do, then the Eagles also, big win for them. But across the board, each team won this trade. Yeah, what do you think this trade means for Jimmy G? If oh, he's got He's out. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm saying if he finds a new team, you think he's Spanish relevant? Uh, depends on the team, obviously. No, yeah, but. it depends on the team. You know, Patriots have shown interest in Jimmy G. And this trade, you know, I feel like Jimmy G's definitely getting traded now. They've already said, if we get a better quarterback, we're trading Jimmy G. And now, moving up to three, they have a better quarterback. Otherwise, they wouldn't have traded up. So, Jimmy G is definitely being traded at some point. Patriots are the most likely landing spot right now. So, if he goes there... Competing with Cam Newton, I guess, um, I would say it's an interesting situation. Strong offense, but Jimmy G doesn't really use his tight... I mean, obviously, George Kittle is an insane tight end, but I feel like Kittle was used more by the backups than he was with mm -hmm. Jimmy G, even though it wasn't as productive just because the backups are worse. So, yeah, you're saying Jimmy G wouldn't be a nice fit because the Patriots are obviously going for those two tight end yeah. sets. Patriots are going tight end first. And Jimmy G mm -hmm. used, used, like, Debo Samuel and, like, the Yak guys first, which, I mean, yeah, Nelson Aguilar does mm -hmm. have the Yak potential, but he's really the only one there, and he's more yeah. of a deep threat than anything else. So, yeah, it really depends where Jimmy G ends up. But, I mean, yeah. obviously that Patriots offense, he's not really fitting in with that tight end scheme. Yeah, no. All right, good analysis, guys. Um, we're going to be moving on to our rankings for the running backs, starting with number one, which is... Big guy Ooh. Christian McCaffrey. Crazy prediction right here. I know. It's it's bold. I mean, best running back in the league being put number one. I definitely said that on purpose to upset Titans fans. I did not see it going. I yeah. did not see the number one guy being number one. It's yeah. crazy how those line up sometimes, you know? I mean, 1,000-yard rusher, 1,000-yard receiver. How could he not be one? I mean, there's not much to say here. Only negatives, obviously, injury concerns. But yeah. you just assume. But you, at the you end just of the hope. Day, you hope, you know. He's on another pray. level from literally everyone else. He could be in his own tier because... Do we have the CMC tier? Should we have an honorary CMC tier? Uh, no, because of injuries. However, oh. <laughs> 30, averaging 30 points a game, how can you not take him number one when he averaged 30 points a game last year? That That is true. He's kind of untouchable, I would say. Yeah. It's clear he's number one. All right, well... You heard it here. Christian McCaffrey is number one. <laughs> and you have you only have heard it here. Yeah. All right. Yeah, um, but breaking news. We actually have hot news. takes like this all the mm -hmm. time. All right. Our second running back on the list is Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Dalvin Cook, number two. I mean, two, three, and four, that's, that's tier one. Pretty obvious who they are. You could say they're interchangeable, but I'm saying Cook would be the best option because first round pick, you want a reliable guy. And Cook has the highest upside out of the three. There's not really injury concern anymore. He's like he tore his ACL, I think either rookie or sophomore year. So he's a hundred percent healed from that and hasn't had any major injuries since then. So you could say injury concern, but like that's just not how the human body works. He's good. He's fully healthy now. The only in he has the same injury concern as anyone else. Just unexpected, completely random. You can't predict it this year. So he's completely healthy, and he's got the highest upside. The offense is staying the same, if not getting better which is always great for a running back. The team as a whole also getting better with players like Daniil Hunter, Hunter coming back for the defense, meaning the team should be competing more, more, more comp competition, more wins, more running. It's a perfect situation for Cook. He also has a receiving aspect, 
that is 100% locked in. He's competing with Adam Thielen and Irv Smith for two and three on target shares. I feel like Jefferson showed last year he's the number one guy for target sharing from Kirk Cousins. But I think Cook is in a great situation to be a number two and could even compete with number one. Yeah, obviously the Vikings weren't exactly the greatest team in the world last year. They, uh, But they, I think they, they could have been easily a way better team than when their record showed. I think they lost some games that they could have easily won. And as Jason mentioned, I've always been a big guy of I want a running back and a winning team. It's all about those end-of-the-game carries when you're running the ball to try to rush the timeout. I think that really adds up for the running back's rushing yards for fantasy. And I think, I mean, I think the Vikings can be – 500 above 500 team next year they're definitely moving in the right direction so i would like to have dalvin cook in the team i had him last year and uh those losses kind of you know hurt hurt the morale a little bit for dalvin cooks is uh, his fantasy value but he still he still produced he produces regardless of wins or losses which is the best part about him but i think that's actually most of these top four running this first tier top four they produce regardless like, it doesn't matter how yeah. the team's doing they're producing but I think, obviously, more wins, he's getting those end-of-the-game carries. Instead of them having to pass it to, like, Thielen or Jefferson, they're going to be running the ball. That just only makes Cook even more dangerous next year. So I definitely agree with him at number two. Yeah, he's a consistent running back. All right, we're going to move on to our third running back, which is Alvin Kamara. Yeah. I mean, we have Kamara at three solely because of Jameis Winston leading the charge at QB for the Saints. I mean, Kamara, I feel like, is... Like, from last year, he was the best receiving back just because McCaffrey was hurt the whole time. However, Kamara shows that he is an elite talent, has the upside both receiving and rushing, and an amazing fantasy player. He's in a perfect situation because the Saints have no... got rid of Jared Cook and Emmanuel Sanders. He's a clear number two, maybe even number one guy competing with Michael Thomas for targets. Of course, Jameis Winston, not a positive, but Sean Payton will use Alvin Kamara in the passing game no matter what, regardless of what Jameis Winston ends up being as a quarterback. So he's going to get his targets, and with that, obviously, you know rushing is reliable. He has no real backup on the team this year, so that also is a guarantee. He's a clear workhorse across the board, going to be used no matter what. The only downside is Jameis Winston may not target him enough to put him above Dalvin Cook and McCaffrey. Yeah, I think the only question mark is you have to figure out if he got so many receptions because of the Sean Payton, Sean Payton system, or was it because of Drew Brees? Because if it's come because of Drew Brees, new quarterback could decrease his targets. But I think if we just we hope and we rely that it's Sean Payton's system uh, has a lot of passing to the running back, then it's going to stay the same regardless of the quarterback. Obviously, Jameis Winston nowhere near Drew Brees' skill, but as a receiving back, as a running back, I mean that's not that hard of a throw to make. I mean he's just throwing to the out to the flat. So I think Alvin Kamara is still going to be just as good receiving wise, even with the QB change. Yeah, now the only downside is if Winston just, he didn't really ever use his running backs in Tampa. Of course, he didn't ever have any receiving backs. You know, Ronald Jones, not a real receiving back. So that could lead to why he never really threw to them. Or it could be he just doesn't th- doesn't throw to running backs often, which is, you know, that's the downside for Kamara. Yeah, as a rare 30-30, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions in Tampa. I mean, all he was doing is basically hucking the ball down the field, hoping they catches it. Not a good sign for a receiving running back, going to be honest, of having a QB that's just known for hucking the ball down the field. But I'm hoping that's just the Bruce Arians offense. That's not Jameis Winston. But we'll we'll find out, I guess. We'll find out if Jameis Winston is the starter next season. We'll, we'll see if he can find out his running backs, not just huck the ball the whole length of the field and just pray. Yeah. All right, and our um, next running back to take out of Tier 1 is Derrick Henry. Yeah, no, Derrick Henry, have to put him in Tier 1. 
great running back, you know, top three, not number one, that's McCaffrey. Um, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> the shade you were throwing at the Titans fans today. It's more so Henry. It's just they say Henry's the best. He's not the best. But um, he's a great running back. But when you get 400 carries a season, no receiving ability, it's up and down. 400 carries, like 50 more than second place Dalton Cook. That's a great sign. Of course, not a great sign to repeat that. But no receiving ability keeps him below everyone else, no matter what. Locked in at number four, end of tier one. But if you get the chance to draft him, then you have to take him, obviously. Just because he's a great talent. He's, you know, leading the 2,000 yards rushing. At the end of the day, yards are yards. If you play in PPR, which is what we mostly focus on, not as ideal, obviously. But Henry does produce for the team no matter what. So, and as long as he get, keeps those carries up, then you can keep relying on him week in and week out. The biggest downside to Henry is the fact that he gets so many carries. And either this year he won't get as many, or... The other side is he gets too many and gets hurt eventually, which will eventually come as even though he is an absolute monster, like biggest running back in the NFL right now, eventually enough carries, your body wears down and you will get hurt. Yeah, I don't think anyone has to defend how good Derrick Henry. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. Everyone knows he's a powerful, he's the probably the strongest running back out there, I'd say. I mean... He has a special ability sometimes. He actually turns to the defenders and the blockers for him. That's his mm. special ability that's uh, just found on, got unlocked, you know, in the previous years. I mean, if we're talking about special abilities, um, DK Metcalf I, is wrong a episode. Yeah, we're not a wide no, receiver. No, no. Bro. Uh, I know. Your thought. Yeah, yeah but no, DK no. Metcalf. Spoiler alert. Where's his special ability, Owen? What is it? Who's stronger, straight? though? R- running straight and knocking people over. <laughs> what do you mean, knocking people over? What? Have you seen DK Metcalf catch yeah. the ball? P- defenders bounce off him. <laughs> you mean the 170-pound cornerbacks? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a bit of an understatement. Too. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what I <laughs> if mean. If you put him against a safety, are they going to bounce off him then? No. It makes a really cool highlight tape when he goes against the skinny people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm well, sure. Yeah. I guess back to what I was saying. Okay, we'll, we'll go, we'll go back to the running backs. Interrupted by the DK Metcalf special talent. Uh, yeah. I would, I, the only downside to Derrick Henry, obviously, is those receptions, especially in the PPR league. As Jason said, that's usually what we focus on. The, those points per reception, you know, the name of the league is so crucial to come back, like a receiving back. That, that's really the only downside Derrick Henry has. Uh, that's why. That's probably the reason I'd say he's at the bottom of tier one. It's just because he doesn't have those receiving opportunities. All right, um, we're going to be starting our tier number two. Um, our number five running back is Aaron Jones. Now, I did say last time I wouldn't put Aaron Jones in the top five. However, after some thought, he's in the top five. So you know? lied to us. Yeah, <laughs> right to <laughs> our face. Bamboozled this whole time. <laughs> I I mean, I had to because like, here, here I was thinking it was gonna be sixth, <laughs> and now he's fifth. What do you mean he wasn't even sixth last time? What are you getting sixth for? Anyways, Aaron Jones. I mean, he went from a top five running back this past season. I was saying he wasn't gonna do it again. Put some thought into it. Jamal Williams gone. That's the biggest thing. Obviously, the point last time he should get more touchdowns because Aaron Rodgers won't be throwing forty eight touchdowns. Another positive, but Jamal Williams leaving is way bigger than I really pictured because Williams was doing more of the receiving work than Jones, and now Jones has the full receiving work to himself, and obviously PPR, 
points per reception, full receiving work. Jones is set up for a perfect year. Obviously, A.J. Dillon might get an increase in carries. I'm sure Patrick would be happy about that. A.J. Dillon, not a receiving back. I think no. he could admit, we could all admit, not exactly the most, you know, again out there, speed, agile, receiving oh, back. Nope. He's, uh, nope. So, yeah, no. He has no threat to Aaron Jones' uh, receptions. Yeah. I, I, can, I can agree with that. You know, Dillon might take some carries away because, you know, Williams wasn't carrying the ball last year. Dillon's a sophomore. He should get an increased workload still. But the receiving gain compared to the rushing loss, it's, like, way too big. Jones is a perfect number five candidate. He could even beat out one of the top four guys, depending on how the year goes. Yeah. I think Jones solid at number five. I could see him going four. I don't really think he breaks the top three, but obviously he is a solid top five. And some people would even include him tier one if they do tier one just the top five. But I, I would agree that he is a, a tier below the other four. But yeah, obviously he's a he's a solid runner. I mean he's he's pretty impressive. Jason dislikes paying running backs, but I mean if he deserved money, I mean he oh, deserved he, to get paid. Yeah. Jason's just against paying running backs long term. Well, I think that's what it is, right? Yeah, I 100% agree. They deserve to be paid. You know, professional athletes deserve every dollar they get. But as a team stance... You will focus less on the running back position? It is a more replaceable position. There you go. And you can easily find it with, not naming any names, James Robinson, undrafted free agent, pretty easy mm-hmm. to get. Yeah. But yeah, AJ Dillon, I'm sorry, Aaron Jones, sorry, I, was, I was dreaming of the future years, I must admit. But Aaron Jones, solid top five, not much to say about him. Uh, Jamal Williams leaving really, you know, opens up the passing options for him, as Jason mentioned. So he's, I think he, he he's going to improve. He has more, uh, more receiving opportunities. Rushing might decline, but not, not by, not like, not insanely. I wouldn't yeah, no. say it's very, wouldn't even be noticeable, really. It's just a little bit less yards here and there. Not too, th- nothing to worry about. Marginal decrease is all. Yeah. All right. Our sixth running back on our list is Barkley. Jason, what do you have yeah. to say about that? I mean, Saquon Barkley hasn't had an interesting past two years, to say the least. And, you, I mean, you can call that interesting. Rookie year, fantastic. Then uh, two mm. years ago, uh, rough. He was completely rough. healthy. Didn't play too well, for the team at least. And then last year, injured in week two. Done for the year. So he's kind of dropped down to number six now. But still, based off of that rookie year, it was phenomenal to see. And now, you know, the Giants have great receivers, you know, bringing in Kenny Galladay, obviously. They also brought in Kyle Rudolph. So, you know, two tight end sets is something the Giants can do as well, which, I mean, Saquon, he's got the he's got the ability. The offensive line is okay. It's getting worse more than it's getting better at this point. They've kind of... It's, you know, up and down. He has players both progress and regress because they have very differing ages out there. But Saquon, obviously, an insane talent. Daniel Jones holds him back because teams focus on the run game. But with the receivers being added, Saquon should get a bounce back year and hopefully will return to the great running back he was his rookie year. You know, maybe injury concerns after that brutal injury, but... I feel six is a good place because it's a, it's still a decrease for him, but he still has shown amazing upside. Yeah, I I, I believe in Saquon. I think he's going to bounce back from the injury. I think we could see near rookie rookie year numbers. I think he's obviously going to be a productive back. Um, pass game has improved, obviously, with their new signs. Jason said Galladay and Rudolph. 
So, I mean, it's kind of competition, but they still got Danny Dimes. I mean, Danny Dimes is not out here running a high-powered, like, air raid offense. I mean, the running back's still going to be, you know, a prominent point in the offense, and I think Saquon's still going to be able to produce. Yeah. Sidebar for uh, Danny Dimes is uh, people are comparing him to having a breakout year like Josh Allen. The, the, difference, <laughs> the difference between those two is Josh Allen, when he had no receiving weapons, still made the right plays. It just mm-hmm. didn't work out. It wasn't completions. Daniel Jones doesn't make the right plays at all. So I'm just going to put, put that out there for anyone who believes in yeah, Daniel Jones. Yeah. Daniel Jones hater over here. Also, another point for Saquon. He is number six. I would not draft him at six, though. Because first-round picks, you will want to make sure to get your a safe, reliable guy. And Saquon's not the most reliable. He has the upside to be six, and I think he can finish there. But I'm not sure if... I don't like the risk as much as some other guys who are a bit below him who seem to have a safer floor and not as high of a ceiling. Yeah, I'm looking at this list right now. I think there's at least two names below that we could draft above. So I could see him 8-9 range if you're going for a draft, like end-of-first-round territory. I'd be more comfortable drafting him there, obviously, with the injury concerns. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. All right, moving on to our seventh running back on our list, which is Ezekiel Elliott. Now, a lot of people are against Zeke after last year, but at the same time, Aaron, are you against Zeke? Is that what you were going to say? Oh, yes, I um Feed Zeke! Feed him! I mean... <laughs> He, he didn't like produce at all last year. So because Dak, yeah, yeah. So Dak's he was he's back. he's reliable. Okay, if he he was reliable so on Dak, that was proven from last year. So now that Dak's back, do you think he's gonna step it up? Well, yeah, yeah. That's right. that, was, that was gonna be my point. He was the running back three before Dak got hurt. So saying that if you can get him late, late first round, early second as the running back seven, which you know that's possible. I'm not sure if it's guaranteed, but you you have the ability in some drafts to pull that off. I would 100% take that shot because unlike Saquon, you could say Zeke is also a risk, but I do, don't expect you know the same injuries for either Dak. And obviously Zeke has no injury concerns right now as he's played you know his entire career healthy. So Zeke is you know more reliable in that sense, and the. Zeke was a clear running back three, like I said, with Dak. Dak went down, Zeke fell off. People are going to disrespect Zeke for that matter. So you will get a steal on Zeke no matter what, as Owen's shrugging and disrespecting Zeke right now. <laughs> you <laughs> are the people yeah. disrespecting yeah. Zeke, Owen. Zeke is so. going to be a steal for when you get him You're late. starving him. We need to feed Zeke. You're starving him. You're taking exactly. his dinner away from him. We need to give him extra dinner. We need to feed him plates on plates on plates for Zeke. I wow. feel like Zeke's going to have a, not running back three, but I think he's going to have a top five running back potential just because I also think Michael Gallup is an unexpected trade the Cowboys will be making come draft time just because he's clearly the odd man out with CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. So I feel like Zeke going to have an increased workload with one less receiver to feed as well. Yeah, I mean, you if you pay attention to the Cowboys offense, he... He's a notable wide receiver. I'd say he's a good. He's a good wide receiver. They just don't have any need for him. I mean, you watch him. The emergence of CD as a rookie really kind of just pushed Gallup out of like the limelight, and he didn't really have a place in the offense. So he's obviously. I think teams will be interested in Gallup because I think he's still a good, good wide receiver to have. It just he doesn't fit the Cowboys system. So that one less mouth to feed is more food going to Zeke. The analogy continues. It never ends. Zeke. Also. <laughs> Point I missed with Saquon, but you mentioned Dak. It brought up. I talked about in the QB episode. 
They're playing NFC East teams. I mean, I always <laughs> highlight this. They're in the NFC East. These are two good running backs in the NFC East that are just feasting, another food analogy, on their NFC East opponents who just the worst division in football. I think that's yeah. easy to say. I mean, the only downside is the uh, Washington football team is kind of, you know, an actual Actually defense. decent now, yeah. But our, the other four games you're getting, <laughs> <laughs> absolute steal. Yeah. They might even have a duel against each other. Cow- Cowboys-Giants games. It's going to be a running show. You never know. Minus the Cowboys, who most likely will pass as well. Yeah. But back. But, yeah. <laughs> I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. Running back showcase, we'll say. All right, we're going to move on to um, our eighth running back on the list, which is Nick Chubb. And um, just so everyone knows, Jason is quite fond of Chubb since he had him last year. I've had him every year since every year. Every year, my so, bad. Yeah. Committed, invested in he Nick is Chubb, invested. we would say. I mean, I'll, I'll just start with that. I mean, I've had Nick Chubb forever, and I feel most people have him above eight. So I... Mm. It's unfortunate to say the least. I love Nick Chubb, but Kareem Hunt is just a killer to see with him back back there. Yeah. And Nick Chubb could be the best running back in the league if given the opportunity. I He's shown clear potential. He's competing with all these top guys. Like, you're taking him first round in fantasy, and he's got another running back with him. If he had a full workload, he could be the best in the league. But he doesn't have that opportunity, so I keep him lower at eight. And he was so successful this past year, but a lot of that was touchdown relevance. And he had a higher touchdown increase rate than you can really rely on. He had, for, I'm not, he missed like approximately, I think it was four games last year for fa- for the fantasy season, which, you know, he still ended up getting double digit touchdowns. He still got double digit touchdowns. I think it was 12 touchdowns at the end of the year. So like to pull off 12 touchdowns, it's averaging like a touchdown a game. And that's not reliable. You don't want that for, like, your number one pick. I think he's going to regress because he's not going to get the same amount of touchdowns. Cream Hunt has been shown to be used at the goal line, so you can't even rely on, like, an increased offensive performance to lead to more touchdowns there because they use both backs interchangeably no matter what it is, except Cream Hunt even has the receiving advantage. Chubb, obviously, first-round talent, but he doesn't have the same upside. He's got a safe floor because he's produced consistently, and he doesn't really have injury concern because if you saw the injury, the Cowboys defensive lineman randomly fell on Chubb's ankle. It was not like a predictable injury. It came out of nowhere while Chubb was pass blocking on the play. So he's got a safe floor and you know what you're getting with him, which is a good thing to have as your first round pick. But he doesn't have the same upside and he will most likely take a step back just because he doesn't have the same number of touchdowns. Yeah, I would say I would personally avoid Chubb for that reason. Even though Jason, knowing Jason, will probably take him again, but that's just probably not. No, no oh, even again, okay, Jason topping off the bandwagon. You know it's bad, but yeah, it's not horrible. But I mean, I would avoid Chubb. I mean, Kareem Hunt is just a leech out there, just taking his carries. And Kareem Hunt, I mean, I'm not saying he deserves it. Kareem Hunt is still a good running back in the NFL, but it's hard to be a number one, like a top tier running back, when you got another solid running back with you. You need to be like the number one, like, top dog. And Kareem Hunt is just too good for Nick Chubb to become a top-level running back. In all honesty, Kareem Hunt is a running back one. Yeah. Like, it's it's not Nick Chubb. Like Jason was saying, Nick Chubb without Kareem Hunt would be way higher in this list. 
Now, you do say Cream Hunt's a running back one, meaning if he was on a different team, he'd be... Oh, oh, um, yeah, sorry. I, okay, yeah. If he was on a different team, yeah, I, I, 100% I might check a running back one. I don't see Kareem Hunt for... Uh, well, that's because bad. of Nick Chubb, but if yeah. Kareem Hunt is a deserving running back one... I was quite upset when he signed that contract <laughs> for a two-year extension. It was Your heart must have dropped. He's like, oh, I gotta give up Chubb now. No, not Nick like, Chubb. I, it was, I wanted Chubb for his entire career, every single year <laughs> drafting him, no matter what. But Jason, I believe in you. If you really want him, pick him round one. I probably won't unless, yeah. like, end of round one, like 11 or 12. All right, well, we're going to be moving on to our next running back at number nine, which is James Robinson. Yeah. I mean, James Robinson, hearing that name probably surprises most people because, like, most of you have him far down, but... At the end of the day, the Jaguars ran the ball the least amount of times out of any team in the NFL, and Robinson was still a number one back. Urban Meyer has already stated he wants to play a similar scheme as he did in college, meaning the Jaguars will be running the ball approximately 55% of the time, which, you know, that immediately points to a major increase in carries for Robinson, who will be a workhorse. He could pull off over 300 carries in this next season and that number alone you're guaranteed a thousand yards if you don't then you would have been benched way before then anyone who gets to a thousand three hundred carries will have a productive season he will be a top 10 back and trevor lawrence the receiving situation in jacksonville is interesting to say the least with you know players who can break out but right now marvin jones dj chark lavisca chanel none of those guys are like wide receiver ones right off the bat so he may even look to throwing to Robinson more, which another thing Urban Meyer also wants to do, get the running backs involved as much as possible. He has no competition in the backfield. He has a coach who wants to use him, and he has a new offense that should be dynamic and explosive. Everything points to Robinson having a successful year, and he is falling down draft boards really fast. I would not be upset about taking Robinson in the first round, and the fact of the matter is most drafts, you can get him in the second, and even some, you can get him in the third. It's a complete steal wherever you're getting Robinson. Yeah, I think you describing the uh, the Jaguars wide receiver uh, situation as interesting was a very polite word. <laughs> they don't have many. They, as you said, they have they don't have a proven wide receiver one there, and they got where we have. Well, they have a, a rookie uh, quarterback unless they start Gardner Minshew, which they might do for a bit. We don't really know what's going to happen, but their passing attack is going to be unproven. There, it's not going to be proven, and I think James Robinson has proved himself. He's the the proven part of the offense so far. I mean, he's a solid running back. And as you said, if, if we believe Urban Meyer is going to stay to his word, that 55% run is going to be a huge increase in carries for him compared to last year. As you said, they were dead last in run it, running it, rushing attempts. Like, And he was still able to produce. He was still a solid player last year doing dead last rushing attempts. I mean... I don't un- I don't see how he could possibly like regress. He's obviously the only thing he has is to go up. I, that's at yeah. least what I think. He, all he has is opportunity. Yeah. And to clarify what Patrick said, they were dead last as a team rushing attempts. Not oh, Robinson. not him personally. So yeah, no, that is true. Team, but he did get all of the carries basically. So, <laughs> so he wasn't dead last in rushing attempts uh, out of that. Running. Does make yeah. more sense. But yeah. Even then, I mean, they weren't a very run heavy team. Now, if they focus more to the run, obviously his carry yeah. is going to increase. It's only positives, really. And, like, as the offense gets better, you know, more competitive games, you're going to be throwing late, uh, running, I mean, later in the game yeah. as well. Jaguars, uh, not not many competitive games, I would say, yeah. last season. But if they, if we believe in the passing attack, the unproven attack, if it, if it proves itself, goes unproven to proven, 
We could have some competitive games in Jacksonville. And J- James Robinson could have some crucial carries, you know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on to our 10th running back on the list, which which is Jonathan Taylor. I personally don't really know how I feel about Taylor at 10. He's an interesting running back and that everyone seems really high on. But at the end of the day, he didn't prove too much. Obviously, phenomenal offensive line. His coaching staff should help the running back in the passing game as well as Frank Reich with Carson Wentz utilized the utilized running backs in Philadelphia. So that should both be positives for him as well as not many receivers. But Marlon Mack is coming back. Naheem Hines is a better or is a receiving specialist. And also the fact he was most successful against horrible opponents. Of course, two of those opponents being the Texans, you're guaranteed to get those games again. But at the end of the year, he had a six-game stretch where he was one of the best running backs. He was also going against his highest-ranked defense in the six-game stretch was ranked 24th against the run. So if he didn't perform, he would have been a ter- terrible back. The fact that he did perform so well, that's not exactly an impressive sign. That just says, oh yeah, horrible competition. You should succeed. And he did. So he didn't prove anything against a good competition last season. And now he has more competition with Mac coming back. Obviously, sophomore running back should get an increased workload. But Marlon Mack coming back, not the biggest threat to his workload. He's going to chip in a bit. Naheem Hines still taking out receiving catches. But the receivers are also improving in Indianapolis, meaning possible less targets. There are a lot of variables, a lot of pros, a lot of cons for Taylor. But there are too many unknowns to guarantee a, a running back one performance from him. And it's realistically just with the unknowns, like Taylor should be a good running back. He's in a great situation. But I personally don't think I would take him in the first round, which I feel like he's only going in the first round right now. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of negatives over there from what Jason's <laughs> talking. I'd, I I would have to agree. I mean... He's got, I, we'll call it the NFC effect, you know, playing the Texans, obviously, as Jason mentioned, they're easy opponent to go up against, and he produced, I mean, fair play to him, he produced against the bad opponents, he did what he was supposed to do, but I, I, I could agree, obviously Jason's saying, Jason, you're saying he's overrated, that, yeah. that's your official take, yeah, I would agree, I mean, if you're going off those numbers, you said 24th, where's the best, yeah, that was the best defense he played in that uh, six-week stretch, Yeah, he had an easy run-through, I mean, there's no way to... Like to argue against that, he had the easy six weeks, and he produced, which proves, as Jason said, he's not horrible. But I don't think you should judge those six weeks against the horrible defense, and then just project that he keeps up those six week numbers for a whole season, because I think yeah. that's unsustainable. Obviously, you know, six at end of the season is more of a predictor. But any defense like that, like you're gonna succeed. So although for a rookie running back, the end of the season is where you want to see. You can't rely on those numbers because they should be inflated so heavily. And, of course, Patrick was saying a lot of cons. I want to reemphasize the receivers aren't proven. I said they were getting better, so it shouldn't be a bit, as big of an, a receiving game for him. But they're still pretty bad across the board. T.R. Hilton's still the number one guy right now. So that point also makes it to the, where you can like expect a decent workload in the receiving game still, just not like the major like, jump everyone is expecting him to have. Like, I saw some comparisons go as far as 1,000 receiving yards, which 100% <laughs> will not happen. I can guarantee that. Yeah, I think Naheem Hines and Marlon Mack are, like, two. They're, 
they're too scary for me. And like to have as like co running backs in the backfield. They're too scary because they're they're like feasible offense like options for their offense. It's like too scary for me to take Taylor, knowing they have those two other solid running backs and Naheem Hines, as you said, in the passing and Marlon Mack in the running. Yeah. It's too scary for me to take yeah. him. People forget Marlon Mack was a thousand yard rusher on the Colts two years ago. But people seem to just forget that because no one really paid attention to the Colts that year. He was like he was a legitimate running back for the Colts, and everyone seemed to gloss over that. And Frank Reich even said last year that Mac and uh, Taylor would be like a running back A and B instead of a one-two, which wasn't a good sign. Obviously, Taylor benefited from Mac's injury. You can't really tell what's going to happen this year. I expect Taylor to still be the number one guy this time around. But there's still too many, like, there are too many variables for Mac to be reliable, number one, no matter what. All right, good points. Um, we're going to be moving on to our number 11 running back, which is our last running back in tier number two, and that is Austin Eckler. Eckler is a guy I am very high on. He's in a situation in L.A. where he had, you know, a rough year with injuries and a few bad games here and there. But the Chargers offense, you know, Hunter Henry is gone. Mike Williams isn't really the best receiving threat. That puts, obviously, Austin Eckler as what I would say the number two target in the passing game. And unless you're really considering Joshua Kelly a threat, he should be a full workhorse back for the backfield as well. And Justin Herbert, obviously, young quarterback, developing really good. There's honestly a great offense there. New coaching staff should benefit. Of course, the old coaching staff benefited Eckler more than it did Herbert, which I expect to shift back to. But with Henry gone, it should balance out to be an even offense. And Eckler being a full workload, getting that high volume passing targets because of the weaker offense with Henry gone, he should seem an increase across the board in his you know playtime and his offense. I expect Eckler to be a better running back next season no matter what happens just because of the fact that he was injured last year and for some reason most people have him as a running back too on a points per game he was still a running back one last year and he's looking to only improve yeah i don't think uh many people are gonna say uh agree with us maybe on this high eckler standings but that's okay i mean we'll wait we'll see if we prove him wrong we, we could be wrong but i i would agree with jason i like I like Austin Eckler being up there. Obviously, we talked about we talked about Hunter Henry last episode, I believe it was. Uh, Hunter Henry served as um, Justin Herbert's safety blanket for like receptions. When he got in trouble, he knew where to find Henry. And I think usually the safety blanket on most offenses is going to be that running back in the flat. So I think if he doesn't have a solid tight end to find, you know, maybe out in the open, I think Eckler could pick up a lot of receptions just being that like flat running back, a little like curl, like little curl to the side route, get it. And then he, he can get upfield. Like he can, after he catches it, he's going to, he has the ability to turn into like a first down. It's really going to help his fantasy value. Obviously he's still solid as a runner. I think the running doesn't really change this year. Next year, Joshua Kelly, just said not really the threat. I mean, unless certain circumstances, unless Josh Kelly just like overnight, he just becomes a beast, but I don't think he's that much of a threat for Austin Eckler. And I still think he's going to be able to produce a lot better than last year. All right, we're going to be moving on to the starting running back in our Tier 3 at number 12, which is DeAndre Swift. Swift is a polarizing running back for most people. 
Like <laughs> polarizing. <laughs> yeah, there are people who are saying he's gonna be uh, automatic running back one, and there are people who are saying he's completely overrated and is barely gonna be a running back two. Mm-hmm. Two, you know, opposite side of the spectrum. We have him obviously top of tier three, number twelve puts him in the running back one category. I don't know exactly what's gonna happen with him though, because last year he didn't get the most work in the run game. I think he was about forty percent of carries. So he was out there for forty percent of the snaps, getting you know limited carries with obviously a running back by committee workload. But receiving game, he was a guy. But now the downside is he should get all the carries this time. Receiving back Jamal Williams, who took all of ninety percent of like Aaron Jones's receiving game away, is now joining the Lions, which obviously I think Swift is a better receiver back than Jones, but Jamal Williams is going to be used, and that hurts Swift's receiving game. It decreases Swift's value as a whole, and that's going to keep him, you know, at num- tier three for me, number 12, just because Williams is such a threat in the receiving game. And also, of course, you know, Goff isn't exactly the best quarterback to have either. <laughs> but, you know, that could be a good thing because there are no receiving options, so he's competing uh. with Hawkinson for targets as well. Yeah, DeAndre Swift, I think he's... Decent. He's solid. I mean, he has. Uh, Jason's making some weird faces. You don't like my description of DeAndre Swift? Are you, you're higher on him than that. I I would say I am. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Patrick. I had him last year in one of my leagues. He produced mm-hmm. occasionally. I'm gonna emphasize <laughs> occasionally, but he 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 had some pretty insane uh, games. Okay. On when when was he most productive? Would you say? Um, Against like bad opponents, end of the year, early year, just or was it just sporadic? You didn't sporadic. Know it was... I it was just all of a sudden, a, so like saying, a Watkins all type of a energy. Sudden, you don't know what I, 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 I checked a... my phone and he he was up like three touchdowns and I was winning the game. So that sounds <laughs> Marvin, to me as a Marvin bad Jones thing because inconsistent is not what you want. I would say that reminds me of my Marvin Jones pick. I think that might just be uh-huh. Detroit's offense. Jason is not sorry, right now. Flashbacks for Jason, but. That might not even be Swift. Like, that just might be Detroit's offense, because I had Marvin Jones. It was the same thing. But, obviously, as Jason said, Jamal Williams does scare me. Got to be honest with you. Coming from what he did to uh, Aaron Jones' receiving, he is, I would say he's scary for me. But, Jason said DeAndre Swift, he considers him a better receiving back. Then, we'll see how they choose. They, they'll, they'll make a choice early on in the season. That's how you're going to tell. They're going to go with Swift for receptions. They're going to go with Williams. And... Once they make that decision, I mean, we're going to find out, but you're not yeah. going to know until you see them play, you know? Yeah, I mean, they could also go with just whoever is a hothead for the week gets a receiving work. That that would be so pretty bad. That, that would be worst-case scenario. Literally the work. Well, then, I guess... I, liter- well, well, worst-case scenario, Jamal Williams isn't a fantasy option, so if he wins, that would be worst-case scenario. That would, because that's just to, ruined value but, for DeAndre Swift. But Swift would just have another unreliable factor in his already inconsistent game, according to Owen. So He also has, uh, as I explained with Matt Stafford, he has the, the Detroit effect, the, the yes. Detroit effect of no one watches the Lions games unless you're a fan of an NFC North team. That's really, that's like, you don't see their games often. So no one knows about him, really. Um, you know his name, but like, no one's watched, you, you don't watch Lions games very often. No offense to the Lions. But he has the, like, the Matthew Stafford. No one knew how good Matthew Stafford was because he was in Detroit. He was so underrated, though. You're going to oh, tell me he was probably rated? Yeah. What are you making faces over there? I'm for? making faces because I think Matt Stafford was pretty amazing all yes, the time. But you're not the popular opinion. Right. Most people were hating on Matt Stafford because. They, they don't watch Detroit games. Like, the, the fact that you're saying he was, like, amazing all the time and he still wasn't being talked about. 
proves that's, he's underrated. That's the point. That's, that's how you get underrated. <laughs> that's how we decide he was underrated. Welcome, welcome to the table. Anyways, welcome back to, to the, the table. Back to the running back conversation, <laughs> as that is the episode today. All right, well, um, I guess we're going to move on to the next running back. Yeah, I think we've had enough fun. Yeah, yeah we have enough Detroit. fun with Swift. All right, our number 13 is Antonio Gibson. Jason, what do you have to say about Antonio Gibson? Our third sophomore running back of the year, Antonio Gibson has gone under the radar pretty heavily for the most part. Most people seem to forget he was the most productive out of, well, besides James Robinson, which I didn't actually, he's our fourth sophomore running back because of Robinson. But Swift, or, I mean Gibson, for the drafted running backs and like the expected running backs, was the most productive last year. He's already got a lead back role. Of course, McKissick was taking away the receiving game for him, but without Alex Smith, you're not going to get a lot of targets to the running backs, and that should help Gibson because then you're not going to be forcing McKissick out on third down obvious passing plays. Gibson out there has the illusion of either pass or run. It's better for the offense as a whole. And of course, Curtis Samuel, Ryan Fitzpatrick, both coming in. The offense as a whole is better. It's more unique. It's more diverse. And that's just a sign for success for Gibson. He should have a receiving work. I still expect McKissick to take some away and maybe even a majority away. But Gibson was so productive on the ground that even if he only has like a third or like two fifths of the receiving game, you know, a nice like 40%, that still is more than enough for him to succeed as a running back too. Yeah. Once again, I'm bring it up. NFC effect is in here with the Washington football team. And Ooh, best at, one, actually. Because they have the chance to be winning those games. Those NFC games, the football team could be winning, which obviously, as I've mentioned before, the running backs, you run the ball when you're winning. So Antonio Gibson is going to be seeing those carries against those NFC opponents that they're going to be hopefully beating if you're a Gibson yeah, no. owner. And none of them even have that strong of a run defense. Like, the Giants have the next I'm, best yeah, I'm not. I'm not intimidated by any of the NFC East run yeah. defenses. I mean, the Giants, they have a solid defense, but it's mostly secondary with, like, Bradbury yeah. and, like, you know, all their secondary members, cornerback safeties over linebackers and D-linemen. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, how about we talk about another NFC East running back with the Ooh. NFC East effect coming up? Oh, um, are we talking about number 14, Miles oh, Sanders? no. Absolute legend, Miles Sanders. How did that work that out was. for you? How did that work out? Oh, uh, you mean my keeper, Miles uh, Sanders? <laughs> was it fifth round or sixth round? Um, well, I won the league with Miles oh. Sanders, so... Well, Miles right. Sanders won you the league. Is He did all the work. I never said that. <laughs> I said I won the league with Miles Sanders. Oh, well. Um, so, just... I'm not really sure what we just happened here. Uh, but anyways, back to Miles Sanders. Yeah. What what exactly does he have going <laughs> for him? What is the hype train about, Owen? Well, please, please tune us in, because I've, I've okay. not do been you, on the Do you recall um, an 82-yard run from Miles Sanders? You're talking about one 80-yard-plus touchdown run? I feel like many running backs have done that before. He had the the third longest touch, the third longest run. Mm-hmm. I hate to break it in the that 2020 one season. Run is worth like the same points you get for a touchdown. The yards impressive. Yards very impressive. But that uh, happened once. Patrick, you asked me oh, what right. am I talking about, Miles, and that's what I'm saying. So you're but saying Ronald, Ronald Jones is 98 yards yeah, touchdown. So you say Ronald Jones is a better <laughs> running back then. See, I needed Jason to come in and help no. me out here because I you didn't know the stats, but uh, yeah, I didn't know the exact yardage of Ronald well, Jones. On the Eagles, run. Miles Sanders is a rec- he's a receiving back. That yeah. is a positive for the yeah, that's fact a positive. that the Eagles have no receivers on exactly. their team. But they also have no receivers on their team. So who who's going to... Miles gonna... Sanders. He's scooping up the... 
interceptions. Think, he might be too. He, well, you throw him out there at slot wide receiver. <laughs> is that your thought? I mean, the Eagles' offense. God is going to be. God is number one in targets for sure. So Sanders is competing mm-hmm. with Rager and. I'm not not JJ Ortega White said it's out of here. Yeah, and that is competing with Rager for number two. That is not a competitive pool. But at the same time, like then you look to cover him more often just because they have no one out there. You could easily single cover Rager and Whiteside on the outside. Then you just need, you know, you can you could even force a double team on Goddard and then I mean, like, I don't see a team double teaming a receiving running back, though. I feel like that's I, yeah, kind yeah, of no. a... No one's well, going to be Goddard, double not, not Sanders. Sanders. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say. God like, that, that's a little bit... I mean, Bob Sanders is not that much of a <laughs> passive threat. Let, but, let's slow down here. Another <laughs> thing, yeah. Eagles offensive line, it's, it's, it's been okay in the past, mm-hmm. but they're also extremely old and injury-prone and regressing across the board. It's not very good there. That's all negatives I just labeled there. Not exactly what you want in your running back's offensive line. Another thing, Jalen Hurts had good games, had a bad game, got benched. Some people are saying he shouldn't have been benched. I agree, but... I agree as well. He he wasn't exactly impressive that game with his 90 yards and an interception and less than 50% passing completion. He, he must have... Um, but it led the football team into the playoffs, which was pretty cool. Yeah, and he probably yeah. didn't get a good enough sleep, maybe. Is that, is that, that was it? That was it? Yeah. You know, you got, you got a little... So you're saying that your quarterback waking up on the wrong side of the bed is... Uh, <laughs> that determines <laughs> how good he is 90 yards. That's, yeah. that's your maybe starting quarterback there? He missed breakfast. Uh, most important meal of the day. That must have been it. It's, that must have been it. We can't blame him, okay? Yeah, that, obviously, you know, obviously that makes yeah, sense. But again, all, another thing, like... Those aren't positives. He's in a bad offense. Sanders is in a bad offense. And he's not exactly the most electric running back who can make the offense competitive. He's not a he's not a like a, a running back that can take yeah. over. They can't run the offense you know. through. Right, just, Christian right. McCaffrey was in a bad offense and he excelled. Miles Sanders is in a bad offense and he was horrible. Did you last just year. compare Christian McCaffrey to Miles? We were just talking earlier how there should be an own like no no we're no we're their saying, situation not right. their skills. So Jason, we're saying what, how what? Sanders <laughs> failed to be a Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> No one can be Christian McCaffrey. Okay, fine, oh. fine. We'll, we'll move on. Though. That's the point, though. What, <laughs> what round would you pick up Miles Sanders in, though? That's, you're asking me to pick a running back in round 14 right now. Uh, the 14th ranked running back right mm-hmm. now. He's a running back, too. But when, you, when would you pick him up? Personally, as a big fan of running backs, I personally would always try to get two to three running backs in the first four rounds no matter what. Just my personal preference. I'm higher on them. So I'm not going to take him in the second round. I'm not an idiot. Depending on where I am, if I'm early third, no. Mid third, you start to look at him where the other running backs are falling, obviously. But I would say mid third would be a stretch. Late third, early fourth is where I'm taking Sanders right now. Okay. But that's solely because mm-hmm. he's like the pure running back and he should have a high target volume. But the offense isn't good and it's not very explosive unless Jalen Hurts can really explode, which you don't know what's happening. He's played four games. Defenses haven't figured him out in those games. I don't know what's happening with that offense all around. Hertz was never the most impressive quarterback, averaging like around 50% completion percentage. Yes, he had yards and touchdowns, but all things considered, Sanders is in an interesting situation, but I do not like the question marks, and even early four might be a bit of a stretch for me right now. Yeah, I was saying we take him in the fourth round, but we have him ranked as the 14th best running back. I don't think... There's no way that the top 14 running backs last until round four, let's be honest, right? So, like, yeah. I mean, that's that's a stretch. So, I mean, 
third. You're gonna. Yeah. He might go. He might get drafted higher than I would like to take him, and I think that's just the reason that I'm not gonna take him. You know. Yeah, I would never fade anyone out. Obviously, like if they, because if you fade people out, then they start to fall. All of a sudden, they become a value. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't like Sanders. I'm not very high on him. I disagreed with the 14 ranking, but it was decided that way. And I think potential is high, but floor is so low where his floor could be a running back three if he really just, if the offense as a whole just The floor is not even the floor, it's like the basement. Because the the Eagles have the potential to be the worst team in the NFC East in drafting a running back on the worst. That's hard to do. That is, that, that yeah. is hard to do. Drafting a running back on the worst team automatically, you know. Mm-hmm. That game script's the, not game looking script good. Not there, looking are so, good. there are so little attempts that Miles Sanders has. I, I, last what, year, what are the numbers? What are we yeah. looking at here? I have the numbers right here. Last year, Miles Sanders, a, <laughs> running back one on the Eagles, had a whopping 164 Wait, wait. Can we check that attempts. he's five above Lamar Jackson? Yes. He is five above a QB. I'm aware, um, and <laughs> that, that's the yeah. problem. Miles Sanders does not have enough right. opportunity. Adrian if, Peterson is it? The, Adrian Peterson is eight below. It's looking like that's what I'm saying though. He, Miles Sanders has so you're the skill. Increased carries, he has. A if chance. he has increased carries, I understand that. Maybe like moves to a different team. Which <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a little bit of. We're not predicting like big trades here. Right? Oh no, that's yeah. not going to happen. But a Miles Sanders fan can dream. Mm-hmm. So you're uh, saying production leads to his success, but he doesn't have the production. That's the problem, yeah. All right, so I we're we're going to move on to uh, our 15th running back on the list, which is Cam Akers. Jason, you say you want... that with a question mark as if you're against mm. Cam Akers. Oh, I am 100% against Cam Akers Ooh. at number 15. But Jason, please elaborate why Cam Akers is right there. Because at the beginning of the year, he was competing with Darrell Henderson, the Rams' offense, they didn't have a clear running back. It was not very good. Fair enough. But rookie running back, obviously most of them start with a competition running back by committee. End of the season, I'm not sure if you watched the you know Thursday Thursday night football, Rams versus Patriots. Cam Akers absolutely destroyed that team right there. I know the Patriots <laughs> didn't have the best run defense back then, and you know it should improve this offseason, but uh, Cam Akers was... Uh, he was completely taking over the offense, and he barely even played. He was under 50% of snap share and still was a running back two last year. Now, workhorse back, as it seems. They have no backups on that team. Darrell Henderson, at the end of the year, didn't even exist at that point for the Rams' offense. He's a clear number one, no competition, both with both receiving and running. They have, you know... Tyler Higby's a full-time tight end to now. I know they have they just signed Deshaun Jackson, pretty interesting addition for the Rams, but Cam Akers should still also have a receiving game now that he has Matt Stafford in the offense too, which Matt Stafford, as we've already pointed out with DeAndre Swift, uses running backs in the receiving game as well because he's such a good quarterback. He's got the rushing upside, receiving upside, and no competition. One of the best offenses in the league, should be winning games, should be competing, 15 is low, in my opinion. Okay. Um, it turns out Jason knows what he's talking about, and he has swayed me, and I now am a Cam Akers fan of You better not be drafting 15. Cam Akers. You yeah, better yeah, be staying Jason, against Jason him. did claim him. You can't, you can't steal him from him now. He did defend him first. All right. That but, is uh, fair. I'll save my piece in Cam Akers. Uh, I think Matt Stafford, 
major QB upgrade over Jerry Goff. I think we can all agree on that. I'm seeing some Ooh, head shakes around the 100%. table, right? Okay, yeah. I want to make sure we're not some enemy territory over here, some Matt Stafford haters. Um, so I think uh, offense is going to be majorly improved when they have the two uh, Woods and Cup are going to be able to produce with uh, Matt Stafford. And I think winning team, you want he's going to be a workhorse back, as Jason said, and you want the workhorse back on a good team. And I think they're going to have a solid offense. They're going to be winning games. And he's going to be able to get those carries once they're uh, once they're burning out that time to another uh, Rams victory. Once again, Cam Akers will be a running back one at the end of the year. I don't like him at fifteen right now. Okay, but he is in that like he's fifteen, so he's like, he's yeah. able. He, you gave him a little bit space to grow. Actually, um, Patrick, I'm actually going to write that down. You said Cam Akers <laughs> is a running back. Oh, he's run. keeping yeah. notes. Cam Akers, okay. I'm not running, back, running one. back. It's on the podcast. All right, well. So whenever well, remember you listen that. through our podcast in your free yeah. time. Yeah, when gonna, I yeah. like, listen to yeah, this hour next year, podcast year, again. At the end of the year, we're going to come back to this. And well, Jason, I'm confident I, I will co- be right. Running back one. The only downside would be if he gets injured. You can't expect yeah, that. Okay, that's right. If he gets injured, If Cam Akers plays a full year, 100% running back one. Fully, like never missing a game? I can miss he like can, one yeah, game. Okay. If he misses one or two, I still am confident he should be a running back one. That's bold. All right. Top We're gonna, we, yeah. That's only three spaces up according yeah. to our rankings. That's what right. I'm saying. Remember it. Cam Akers, number one. Jason's prediction. All right, moving on to our 16th running back. The man, Joe Mixon. The man. <laughs> the man. Okay. I, I, couldn't, I thought you were against Joe Mixon. This is news to me. I but. am indifferent. <laughs> but you <laughs> called him the man. That's quite the intro. I've had some you experience. were quite high on him back in his rookie year. Exactly. I've had some experience with Joe Mixon that, like, it's just... It's a, relationship it's a love hate relationship, and yeah. he's he's Joe Mixon, the man. <laughs> he, he, he Joe Mixon indeed, is yeah. Joe Mixon. <laughs> now, that is true. Joe Mixon is, uh, you know, another interesting running back in terms of the fact that he's a great talent, horrible situation. You know, mm. receiving threat should be better with you know AJ Green gone for the Bengals. That's you know more targets available for him, but uh, rushing wise. The Bengals lied. They didn't improve the offensive line at all. <laughs> yeah. Instead, they drafted. They instead they signed a bunch of cornerbacks for some reason. So. But think about that secondary though. <laughs> that secondary is going to protect protect Joe Burrow, right? Yeah, that secondary is going to allow Joe Mixon to get some rushing yards though. Yeah. Mixon, of course, another also got hurt. I'm ended his season early as well, but he is being faded out entirely. And he still produced. Obviously, people were drafting him running back one. Some even went as far to draft him in the first round. So he clearly like had the upside, and that hurt people. And because he didn't perform to a running back one and only was a running back two, he has fallen down quite a bit. And if you got Mixon in the third round, that's not you know insane value, but you still should see a upside in that value for just getting him in like mid mid third round range. You should have an upside that's probably lower than he should be drafted for most of the time because he was productive when he played. It wasn't ideal, obviously, but he produced nonetheless. Yeah, I think that people are going to be maybe hating on Joe Mixon a little bit too much because they got burned by him last year. I think there might be a little personal (laughs) feelings. Whoever drafted Joe Mixon high last year saw him get burned. They got burned by him. Joe Mixon didn't produce. But I think he's still that solid mid running back two option and he's going to be able to find his value there another thing that people could be against him for is they saw 
the other people get burned and they're like, I don't want Joe Mixon to burn me as well. Yeah. I'm just, so they all completely fade Joe Mixon out. And all of a sudden, at some point he's got to be worth it. All of a sudden you have four guys who are like, no way I'm drafting Joe Mixon. He starts to fall. If those guys are like close together, you see other players get drafted. Joe Mixon should have been drafted by them, but because they fade him out entirely, he falls all the way to you now. You got to find his place like in the, in the value. What players are he's falling behind? Because he's he's falling by him. Like some of these running backs, like you gotta take Joe Mixon at that point. No matter how bad Joe Mixon burns you, like <laughs> that you gotta take him. Yeah, never fade anyone out, no matter what. Mm-hmm. All right, we're gonna move on to our seventeenth running back, which is the Seattle Seahawks running back Chris Carson. Uh, for Chris Carson, he's uh, in a great situation. Right now, obviously, back in Seattle, that's where you want him to be because he was most successful with Seattle. So, Chris Carson had a great year last year. He was running back to touchdowns were kind of inconsistent, but also they were high early on. He was around, he was averaging a touchdown a game for the first, I think, eight or nine weeks and then fell off. So, touchdowns are not a good indicator, obviously. And because he fell off, I like to look in between where he did get touchdowns and didn't, like right at, right before he fell off, including some games where he did. That's a good indicator of what he should do again. And he was a solid running back too, you know. 17, I feel, is a solid place, you know, middle of running back two range. It's just above halfway. Carson is going to be a solid pick. He could go a bit early. Some people have taken him in the middle of the second round. I've seen, I've seen some people go all the way up there. I personally wouldn't take him that early. I would take, obviously... Cam Akers uh, before if he was in <laughs> that right. position. But Carson is a good back. He's obviously a receiving back. Rashad Penny, as we've stated, not at all a threat. Carson should succeed in the offense again as it continues. The offense is going to continue to be high-powered. Russell Wilson is officially staying now. I think we can all agree with the Bears trade-off and mm-hmm. being rejected. So he should be you know, a productive running back once again. You know, you're not expecting a big boom, but you have a 100% safe running back two floor, barring injuries, of course. But you should know Carson's like that guy. He's going to give you the same consistent amount of points week in, week out. Nothing special. Not going to win you games, but not going to cost you in the big time either. Yeah, I think Chris Carson returning to the Seahawks is exactly where you want him. I feel more comfortable him returning to the Seahawks than going to any basically any other team in free agency. Because he knows they know the system there, and you know he's... Same situation, basically. The offense is pretty similar. He's going to produce the same numbers. Jason said he's solid. You're not expecting, like, you know, huge wide receiver, running back one, sorry, running back one numbers from him, but he's not going to fall. He's not going to flop on you. He's not going to burn you, like apparently Joe Mixon did before we mentioned. But he's going to be solid. And I think the fact that he returned to his team instead of finding a new team, he's going to still be comfortable, and that's going to work out for him. All right. We're moving on to our last running back in Tier 3, and the last running back we're going to talk about, and it is the Chiefs running back, Clyde oh, Edwards-Hilaire. What a first-round pick, right, on? Yeah, how, I, how, how'd that one work out? Okay, boy? so I picked him first round. Yep. So what? 11th pick. The, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I wouldn't say it worked out for me. No, no, it didn't. No. I remember week one you were saying he was one of the best picks ever. Yeah, because week one, like I when remember. You played the Texans. Did you write that one down or no? You didn't write that. No, one. No, I don't know. No. But week one, it he deceived me because when he played the worst rushing defense in the league, yes, and did good. When they play, when they played the worst rushing defense in the league, that is true. And they he, they just kept throwing 
um, Clyde Edwards, like, to the t- I don't know. He didn't what? do too good. They just kept giving him the ball, and he had so many, I remember he had so many attempts uh, to score a touchdown on the goal line. I think he failed five of them. That is what happens when you're a five-foot-nine running back. Yeah. Well, mm. he has potential. He does have potential. Yeah, he could have that sophomore like, swing go up. Get a big upswing. Never obviously, know. Sammy Watkins left, which you may not think is a big deal, but that's still your second to second best wide receiver, arguably third or fourth number, third or fourth uh, option in the passing game for Patrick Mahomes. Clyde, of course, being the other option at three or four, they're mostly interchangeable from past season. Demarcus Robinson and Michael Hardman won't be taking most of those targets, meaning that's a boost for everyone else, and Clyde should get you know a decent amount of that. He's definitely the number three in targets. So passing-wise, he's definitely going to benefit from that. And the Chiefs kind of rebuilt their offensive line, I think, for the most part. You know, they were going with, I assume, Tooney at right tackle and Niang at left tackle. Niang, obviously, rookie, opted out last year. So I don't know why they decided to go with him. And I feel like they should have stuck with Schwartz over Tooney because Schwartz is a better right tackle. But all in all, the Chiefs have a good offense, so automatically he should succeed and and obviously game script winning team running back on that team workhorse back for the most part damian uh not damian harris damian williams since departed so he will stay as a workhorse and the chiefs are 100 percent in on him so you can guarantee that that is a positive for him that's actually i think why he made it up to tier three the departure of damian williams making him that full-time workhorse was definitely the most beneficial part for Edwards' game. Yeah, as long as you don't make the mistake of like going, and I think maybe maybe others. Maybe we're singling out on but last Many year he people. was touted at you know yeah. end first round. Don't pick him end first round. You're fine. Yeah, you may, he, we have him. We have him six, uh, 18th, which is you know six in the second round. We have middle of RB two. I think that's yeah. perfectly where he is. Just don't overdraft him. That's that's the issue. As long as you don't yeah. do that, you won't get burned. Something that might seem a bit strange, even though Sanders is ranked 14th and Edwards is ranked 18th. I would take Edwards before Sanders because Edwards last year was a top five running back in consistency. He he was a consistent back. Of course, not a running back one, but he was still a great running back, consistent throughout. And he showed, like, obviously early picks, I always want the consistent players. That's my preference. That's why I'm high on Chris Carson and Clyde Edwards-Lair. Those types of players are my favorites because I know what I'm getting early on. And you don't want to waste your draft pick and get burnt on a guy like Joe Mixon because that just ruins your team. You want consistent players. So Clyde early on, I would say, you know, a solid round late two, early three is where I would look for Clyde at this point just because he's the epitome of consistency on that offense somehow. Even though Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are still there, he was more consistent. All right. Um, that wraps up our analysis on the running backs. And now it is the beginning of our quiz. Now, uh, starting question, are the answers actually correct this week? Um, Jason, mm-hmm. they are. Good. They're always correct. We should have oh. some and consistency. May, hey, this could be our first quiz. No drama. Ooh. We could work oh. this out. Okay. Well, I'm looking no forward drama. to a fair, a fair quiz. Okay. I can win fairly. Starting off with the quiz, I want to just reiterate that uh patrick is winning two to zero I, over jason but, but reiterate don't, don't call but jason up yeah, don't, i'm not i'm not counting jason up we have many exactly. many more episodes to go all right i just want a quick update on the rules 
Once I asked the question, you have the ability to knock on the table and answer the question, even if I did not finish na- listing off all the names. This is new. That's a rule change. That's a rule change. Yep. So once <laughs> once I asked the question, you I'm can knock. Reiterate the rules as we make a rule change. That's I'm not okay. sure if you know what reiterate means, Owen. Do you understand the rules now, Jason? Ah, uh, yeah, hundred percent. Perfect. All right. Uh, seven questions, starting with number one. What two running backs on this list? Had less than a thousand, less than three hundred running attempts. Okay. Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Ezekiel Elliott. Oh. Josh Jacobs and Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. Jason, you got it right. Josh Jacobs had two hundred seventy-three. That that's tough. Bro. Elliott had two forty-four. All right. Nice. Good start. One zero. Um. Question number two. In the twenty twenty season, which week? Did Saquon Barkley get a season-ending injury? Week two. Yes, and uh, earlier in this episode, uh, Jason did state that, so yeah. I knew he was going to get yeah, that one. This is a, this is a tough blow. Patrick, Good start. This, two this two is away tough. from a win. All right. Good comeback. <laughs> it's not looking good for me. Okay, we're going to go next question. This is, this is going to be tough. I don't think mm. any of you are going to know this, but All right. maybe you're big Kamara fans. What is Alvin Kamara's favorite Disney movie? What? Oh, I, I I can list off the names. If no, you don't. no, oh, no, you can't. You already knocked. I, I okay. Uh, what's? Oh, I'm forgetting the girl's I'm, name. There's one about the girl. Mm, I don't want to describe it though, because then what if Jason gets it right? I, I just just for the record, I don't know the name of it, but it's the one movie that well, it. It shouldn't it, count. No, uh, no, no, it doesn't count. I'm just explaining right. my point. Okay. It's uh, they're fr- I think it's based in New Orleans. I'm pretty sure and it's an African American princess, and then she kisses the frog. It becomes a man. I don't know what the name of it is. Okay, but that's my thought because New Orleans. Okay, I am just gonna say not that it's Princess and the that the movie you're Princess talking about is Princess and the Frog. It's not that. Not that. It's but, not that. Uh, but New, I'm pretty sure it's New Orleans themed. That was my guess. You can okay. I'm gonna. So I'm his, gonna. Was his guess Princess and the Frog? Then his guess was yeah. Princess and the Frog. All right. And I'm gonna One list off chance, the names. Is Princess and the Frog not an option? Oh, it was on my list. Okay, but it was wrong. That's okay. That's okay. Um, Lion King. Finding Nemo and Snow White. Which one of those is Kamara's well, favorite Finding Nemo Disney isn't movie? a Disney movie. It is. So I got... Well, that's Pixar. Hmm. Yeah. So it's not Disney. So it's not... If it, we if have it, controversy hold up. With Oh, no. If it's we Finding more, Nemo... More controversy. I'm going with Lion King. Hopefully it's not Finding Nemo. Otherwise... It's Lion King. Oh, okay. It's oh, Lion okay. King. Well, Three and oh. Wow, I've been lied to my whole life. I thought... I was convinced is, nah. Finding Nemo was from Disney. Wow, I've, I've been lied to. Anyways, Owen, once again, at least it was not the right answer this time. In so. all honesty, I've been lied to. I'm going to I'm gonna talk oh, to someone yeah, about that. Yeah, that. That's what I bet. All right, well. 3-0 um, this game. 3-0. Oh, Patrick. <laughs> okay. Jason definitely was prepared. All right, for our next question. What two running backs are currently tied for the second highest average annual salary in 2021? Mm-hmm. Two running backs. Is there no multiple choice? Oh, no multiple one? choice, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, do I have to name both of them? You have to name both of them. I'm beating Jason. I'm letting him go first. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll go first then. Right, uh, Kamara and Cook. I'm not. That was close, but no. Uh, that is no. I'm not going to lie. That probably would have been my guess. Not going to lie. Dang. I don't know which between Kamara and Cook. I feel like it's one of them. I feel like it's... No hints. Wait, don't give me a hint. I know for I'm... a fact it is one of them. I'll say that, but I'm not saying which one. I have a feeling it's Kamara. If you go with your gut and... Uh, but I don't going. know. I don't know another running back. I, I, mm. They're tied for this. 
second highest average annual salary. Are we allowed to guess again? I'm just going, throwing it out there because we just talked about him. Yep. Probably not wrong, but I'm going Aaron Jones and Kamar because Jones got that new contract. It isn't. It yeah. isn't. Um, Jason, do you want to guess again? This would not be for a point, but. Is it Zeke and Kamar? It is. Dang. Uh, it is. That's tough. Zeke and Kamara. If only Patrick Olsen gets For Cook and Kamara. $15 million. Yeah. That is quite a lot of money and well deserving. But. All right. So. <laughs> all right. Our next question. So is it 3 nothing with three questions left? Sadly, it is. I feel <laughs> confident. As you can tell, I haven't got a single one right. So probably not. But all I right. don't know. In the 2020 season. Which running back on this on this list okay. on this list Didn't fumbled the most? Miles Sanders, Ezekiel Elliott, Zeke. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it is. Patrick, I'm I sorry. Have any time. For nothing. Okay. Um, got disrespected. That's okay. For okay. I have two more questions. Keeping on. Anyone can do the math. Yeah. Confidence at all time low, but I might snag one. I might snag one. Pat, you, you have to. <laughs> All right, out of the running backs on this list, who is older than 25? Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, James Robinson, Big Clyde Edwards, Nick Chubbs, or Aaron Jones, older than 25? Aaron Jones. Yeah, he's 26 yeah. years old. Yeah. Jason got that one right. Okay, um, last Final question. question. <laughs> Just for, for people who are keeping score, it's um, it's five. Yeah, yeah no, I got it. I got it. You don't have right. to remind me. Just wanted to make sure you knew. I also got the you know other question right on my second try yeah, too. Yeah, that's true. I, five and a half points. Nah, no, no, no. Okay, five. Five. I, I, let me uh, take my defeat in peace. Last know? question, Patrick. You got this. Mm-hmm. Knocking on the ready. Out of the running backs on this list, who scored the most touchdowns in the 2020 season? Ezekiel Elliott, James Robinson. Wait, hang on. Can you repeat the question? I'm sorry. Oh, the running backs right. on this list. Yep. Who scored the most touchdowns? So touchdowns and not rushing touchdowns. You looked this up, right? Or do you want to reword it to rushing touchdowns? Um, just t- rushing touchdowns. So yeah. only rushing touchdowns. I right, wanted to clarify that before we yeah. had any incidents. We're talking about running backs, so you know, rushing oh, touchdowns. Rushing touchdowns. Uh, score rushing touchdowns. Glad we clarified that in the 2020 season. Ezekiel Elliott, James Robinson, Aaron Jones, or Jonathan Taylor. I'm going Aaron Jones. You'd be wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it's Zeke just because that offense fell off, so that leaves me with... Uh, no, I feel like it's an obvious choice. I James Robinson and Jonathan yeah. Taylor? I mean, Taylor exploded at the end, but I don't. I feel like he didn't get many multiple touchdown games, so I have to say Robinson. You'd both be wrong. It, no, I was going with Taylor. It was Jonathan Taylor, yeah. yeah. That's disappointing. Right, I Jason Robinson he, having a full year gave him the mm, advantage. That's unfortunate. Jonathan Taylor had 11 touchdowns. Yeah. It's pretty pretty good year. Even so though... Just, I think we just cue the outro music because uh, we don't we don't really need to talk about this one, right? No. Um, we'll, we'll move on. But, yeah, uh, there's nothing else. As I say really quietly, um, it is 2-1 to one yeah. on the okay, games. We get it. We get it. That, that's all right, but uh, Outro that's, music. Let's just get to the outro. Let's that's all the time we place. have, apparently. Uh... Ordered by Patrick over here. <laughs> the embarrassment's too much sometimes, you know? <laughs> but thanks for listening to our third fantasy football podcast. Spread it to friends, friends, family. Keep on listening. Have a good one. See you next week.